Psalm 29. Ascribe to the Lord, you heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord. In the splendor of his holiness, the voice of the Lord is above the waters. The God of glory thunders, the Lord above the vast water, the voice of the Lord in power, the voice of the Lord in splendor, the voice of the Lord breaks the cedars, the Lord shatters the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon skip like a calf and Siron like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord flashes flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth and stripes the woodlands bare. In his temple, all cry glory. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits enthroned king forever. The Lord gives his people strength. The Lord blesses his people with peace. Hey there, and welcome to Courageous Radiance Podcast. My name is Brittany Dixon, and I'm so thankful that you are joining and that you're here today. This is a podcast place that women are anchored and encouraged in growing this anchor, drawing more near to Christ in order to live this life with unshakable hope and joy and peace that only comes from Christ alone. Merry Christmas, friends. This is all about Advent time. We are preparing our hearts this whole month of December. We are praying and meeting God in our secret time, in our secret space that does not have to be a designated closet or it doesn't have to be a certain room or you've got to have it all decked out and ready. This is an intentional time that you are making room for God. And if that does happen to be in our bedroom, if that does happen to be in your car, if that is in that office space, then just inviting him in and meeting with him is what this is really about. So Advent, again, just preparing our hearts. This is, uh, last week was hope and this week is peace. So it does make me more intentional to think about the source of my hope last week. And for this week, the source of my peace and actually driving my kids to school, each of them kind of different issues going on. And I read John 14, 27 to them. And I actually asked to pose a question to my son, Caleb, if peace is given or manufactured. And it did give an opportunity after I dropped them off to school to just have some quiet one-on-one time driving my own self to work to really ask God this question, God, what about this peace? Um, how do I sustain your peace? How do I live this out every day, even when, even in the absence of situations that don't feel very peaceful? And, you know, it's one, it's, it's funny, God is sense of humor. When I'm praying, when I'm meeting with him intentionally, it's so interesting that he diverts a lot of my prayers to see deeper issues. And and he it, it's like he points me to something bigger than what I'm praying about, if that makes sense. And um, it, it kind of makes me think of when patients come into the hospital 
and you know, let's say their left big toe hurts and somehow we're in here doing a whole EKG test about your heart because, you know, you have a lack of perfusion to the big toe and you're like, oh, I just thought it was just my toe. I didn't really realize that I had the beginnings of peripheral vascular disease. It's the same with God. We come to God and there's nothing wrong with coming with the desires of our heart and praying, but just be be willing and flexible in your spirit to know that God is going to open some floodgates, y'all. And for me, that has been, and this is full transparency, somewhere along the Christian journey line, I began to accept limiting God. And I glorify it in a sense that it feels like, you know what, God, there's so many other people that need more than what I need. And you know what, God, I really don't want to ask for this because what if you don't grant what I'm asking? Hey, and remember that one time, that one season when I needed you to come through and you didn't like ever, or it took you a long time. So I, I love you. Thank you for being Lord, but I'm going to manage this situation on my own. I'm going to handle this, this area, this division, this sliver of my life, because somehow you've disappointed me in the past, or somehow I don't have vision enough to think that, God, you're capable. <sighs> Y'all, limiting God. I, I somehow have attached this limitless God to the false teaching of prosperity. Not not God prosperity because prosperity is from God. I'm saying the pros, the false teachings of prosperity that praying down the Rolex from heaven, praying the big house, you know, from from the genie in the box. Praying these things means this is why you don't pray big prayers, you pray prayers of scarcity. Because somehow that seems more holy, right? Isn't it a little bit more holy? Y'all, so Mark 6, verses 45 through 52, I started off reading the whole passage of Psalm 29 and thinking about limiting God is limiting us to believe and to hear the voice of God because God is spirit. So those who worship him, it's done in spirit and truth. So we have to... so. In order to even open my heart to believe and to hear God or to think about God, do I even believe he is? And then, okay, maybe maybe I do believe he is, but do I believe he loves me? Okay, if I believe he loves me, do I believe that he is just and that everything that comes in my path, even the bad things, that God sees me and that he knows me and he's got me and, he, and, and I can trust and rely on him. So do you see how there's like all these different divisions, but at the very base of the underlying, underwater line surface of this is I limit God and, I, and, I, and my fallback plan is pride because I trust more in what I can do within me or the false perception of that versus trusting in, and I'm limited. I'm limited on time. I'm limited on, 
energy I'm limited on. I got to operate in sleep, so many hours of sleep. I'm limited because I got to eat every so often. I am limited. I am dust and going. I was made from dust and I'm returning. So I trust more in dust versus in the breath of life that formed the dust and gave a beating heart to that dust. Allows me to breathe the breath that I'm, I'm doing right now to, to speak. Where, where and how does this happen? So in Mark 6, um, 45 through 52, so disciples, Jesus had just fed the 5,000. So, you know, he, um, it's, it's miraculous. I mean, <laughs> to take so few loaves of bread and fish and feed 5,000 really plus people because that's men, that's not the women and the children. So Jesus fed and even and let's be clear, even if it was just men, that's a lot of people to feed with such limited supply. So that in of itself is God, Jesus, showing that he's God, showing that he is the creator. He's the almighty. He's um, all powerful. And yet his disciples still had hardened hearts, yet they still did not believe. And they were going along with him, y'all. So disciples had already seen, I mean, even before the feeding of the 5,000, there was other miracles that they witnessed along the way with Jesus. They left everything to follow this man in whom they were witnessing, you know, believed he was a prophet, believed he was the Messiah for Peter. But do you believe and trust in him? in every area of your life. And it just shows that I, I don't I don't know that um, it was in the hardened heart similarity of the Israelites per se, right? That level of rebellion, but just n- limiting him, putting God in a box like, yeah, Jesus can do this miracle, but he's not like God, God. He's not like Messiah, Yahweh, I am God. And we are so guilty. I am so, I'll speak from just firsthand. I am so guilty of this, where I will do the things for God. I will read my scripture. I will quote scripture. I will serve. I'll do all of the check boxes. I'll live the Christian life, air quote. Talk Christianese language, do all of the things. But underneath that, in the core of Brittany, in the core of my heart, do I believe? Or maybe I believe, I do believe, but am I limiting him? You know, am I satisfied with the limited expectation of all that I think God is able to do? So for them, um, Jesus is is about to tackle this limitedness that they have um, assigned for him. So again, he they just witnessed. You know, and I, I think in my mind, sometimes I'm like, well, if I would just see a miracle then I'll believe in Jesus or I'll, or I'll believe God can do this. Um, and it just shows that seeing is not believing because they saw so many miracles. And again, feeding the 5,000 and yet there was still not full certainty of who you were rolling with, like who, who, who he was. And that amazes me but not in a sense of judging them, but because then I see my own self through the lack of faith of the disciples. So here, God calls them to go to this boat and to cross over to the other side. This is Mark 6, verses 45 through 52. 
which is another interesting point that sometimes obeying God doesn't, you know, I'm, I'm praying for God to move the storm, God, uh, clear the storm, God, get me out of this trouble, fix this, this situation, get me out of this wilderness. And sometimes, you know, I thought I heard you right, God, but sometimes obeying God, it does send you right into the wilderness. It sometimes does send you into the storm. So just because there is a storm does not necessarily mean that you didn't hear from God or that you're not in the place or in the will of God, because that's sometimes exactly where he sends us. And in those places, our character, our faith develops and our reliance in him. So for them in verse 45, immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side to Bethesda. While he dismissed the crowd after, after he said goodbye to them, he went away to the mountains to pray. And I literally just marked out some different points I want to say. He made verse 45. So again, obedience, obeying God may lead you into the storm. He made them go. So they were being obedient. They weren't being rebellious. Like, you know, again, the Israelites before they were exactly where they were supposed to be. Yet there was a storm. Um, in verse 46, he went away to the mountain to pray. You know, Jesus is always modeling. It's like life on life. It's discipleship 101, that it's not just, um, you know, do as I say, but do as I do, Follow, following the model of Christ that he went away and he, so Jesus shows the importance of us building the secret life, our, our little hidden place, right, with, with, with God, which is exactly what this podcast is really about. That's what Courageous Radiance is for, is to encourage, to inspire women to get anchored because the storm, if it's not here, it's coming or you just got through one. Listen, this is this is a lifelong journey. And if we're not anchored, then our hope, our faith, all of it will begin to derail. Um, in verse 47, well into the night. So these jokers were toiling with this storm in this boat. And this is not like, you know, uh, the Royal Caribbean, y'all. Like this is not a cruise ship. This is like an old, like a fisherman's boat of what, well, I don't know if it's a small fisherman's boat, but it's a boat that not in like our modern day level of boat. So they're struggling for miles into the night. So it's dark and God knows exactly where they are. So, and it says the boat was in the middle of the sea also in that verse 47. So it's nighttime, it's dark. I don't know if you've ever rode a cruise and you've gone out to, you know, the balcony or looked and it's like all you see is water. It's like both beautiful and scary at the same time because it's like, I wonder how long I could swim before I like get eaten or tire out. And they were in the middle, so could not see land and it's dark and they're in a storm. I mean, that's like fail times three. Yet in verse 48, it says he saw. So this is Jesus. So this whole time, Jesus is watching them, verse 48, straining at the oars. So they're struggling, struggling within their own strength, trying to get out of the storm, trying to get to land in the dark, can't see, and in, a, you know, and, and in the middle of the sea. Yet the whole time, Jesus sees them there. Uh, verse Also verse 48, the wind was against them. 
So this is not an easy journey. I mean, I just want to stress that this is this is not like rainbows and gumdrops. This is a difficult task that Jesus purposefully sent them into. He came toward them, verse 48, wanted to pass by them, verse 48. Verse 50, they saw him and were terrified. He spoke with them, verse 50. Have courage. It is I. I wrote here, it is I. And it's the same Greek language of I am, how uh, Moses and, and, and God and the encounter of God at the bush. It's, it is I. Don't be afraid. Then he got into the boat, verse 51, and the wind ceased, verse 51. Their hearts were hardened, verse 52. I wrote here, understanding or like this self-made understanding, self-made logic, the limitedness of what we know um, limits God. It limits the supernatural. Us operating within our limitedness doesn't allow us to experience a limitless God unless we believe, unless we believe. But it's it's a question that begs an answer for your time with the Lord. I love to give, I love to give questions for you to bring to your secret time. Where or in what do you distrust God about? Where is God not the Lord of, of this particular area. And, and maybe it's not something um, tangible. Maybe it's not that re- that rebellion teenager. Maybe it's not that alien parent. Maybe it's not your own health situation. Maybe it's something, maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's just you're a gossiper and maybe it's lying. Maybe it's, uh, you know, like don't make this be so concrete. This can be something tangible or intangible. And the problem with limiting God is this is all in my quiet time with the Lord as he's showing me. The problem is I was, I, 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 if I drift back into becoming a self-protector, even with God, because, you know, listen, self-protective walls, you know, emotional walls, emotional walls that appears safe until the one, and that's a capital O, the one who I need to get in, which is Jesus, can't. And not because he's not God, but because he gives me free will. Because, I don't know if you caught that, but when Jesus came towards them and he was going to pass by them, y'all, right there, the free will that we have, Jesus is, the invitation is there. He wants, he makes himself available but we have to ask him in. So the challenge for me in this season as I'm praying is, man, am I just am I just creating more methodology to pray, to rote pray and just check my little agenda box that I prayed for this day and month in December? Or did I pray truly unceasingly and ask Jesus to come? Did I call out to Jesus to help me in my parenting today? Did I call out to Jesus and ask him, I'm really struggling with my husband today. I'm really struggling with just having the will to get out of bed. I'm struggling with depression. I'm struggling with anxiety. Am I calling out to Jesus or am I just band-aiding with methods? 
And again, me being a master wall, self-protective builder, just historically, and my own jacked up issues, I'm preventing, I'm limiting God. Think about putting God in this box. And I stopped expecting the miracle. Like deep down, like legitimately, again, this is full transparency. This is me talking about my jacked upness. And it's, but it's, it's so, I just, that part, I, I mean, it was nothing but the Holy Spirit to reveal that, that it's, it's pretty messed up. How many times y'all legitimately, I have circled and recircled mountains, i.e. test that the Lord is so gracious and faithful and merciful to let me try to retest. You know, I was the one though, who had to take the ACT five times just to get to 22. So, you know. That's kind of me and my history with standardized tests. But I'm saying even these life tests, recircling these mountains and all because I wouldn't invite Jesus in. I trusted my strategies, the limited strategies that I have more than I'm trusting the limitless God. So do I expect the miracle? Do you expect the miracle? When did we, just because we're image bearers, when did we dumb down God? to be at our level. When did God, we read in Psalm 29 at the very beginning, who God is, who the voice of God is, what he's capable of doing. When did the miracles become demoted? Just because the appearance of, well, I only breathe today. My heart only beat so many times a day. You know, Um, when did miracles have a ranking? Do I expect the little miracles, air quote, little, as much as I am asking and praying and believing for the big ones? And, you know, what I really wanted to leave you all with is to read Ephesians 1, um, 17 through 19. Paul talks about just our limitedness and how God can expand. He can expand and open the eyes and lighten our hearts. Um, But we have to believe and we have to pray and trust and ask him. So my day-to-day miracles, maybe today it's peace. Maybe today it's this job. Maybe today it's um, having joy in areas that don't feel joyful. But at the heart of it are my eyes, are the eyes of my heart enlightened is what Ephesians 1. And that is only from God. You know, God uh, and what Paul really pulls from is you think about Genesis 1, 3, where God said, let there be light. And there was light. And in John 1, 9, this was actually our Advent reading last week as a family, as we talked about hope. And the memory verse for the week was the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. It's Jesus. So it's John 1, 9. It's the same light, the same, you know, um, the breakdown of that word light is the same. The enlightening in Ephesians 1 is the same as from Genesis and the same from John 1. So it's the same lightning that is required for our hearts to no longer become hardened or be hardened. And for us to also, because this is something that is not just um, static, y'all. This is something that we can ebb and flow into, especially if we're not assessing our hearts, um, asking Jesus to come in, um, assessing our disappointments and, and, and surrendering, because there can, there can be certain seasons that something didn't happen and we just shut we shut God out. And it's like, you know what? 
you know what, God, you didn't do this. You didn't do this. And see, this this is why I don't trust. This is why I don't ask. But man, when we call out as the disciples did, he answers. And even if the storm still remains, because I don't know if you caught in, in again, this is Mark 6, um, but it says here, verse 50, because they saw him and were terrified, immediately he spoke with them and said, have courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Then he got into the boat with them and then the wind ceased. So they invited him in. They, they yelled out, called for help. He came near, got into the boat with them. Then the storm ceased. Y'all, I have read this passage so much and in it's nothing but the grace of God, the Holy Spirit to even reveal because I'm like, I never caught that before, that it wasn't when Jesus changed my situation. It wasn't when I got to see the fruition of what I'm praying for. No, backdial that. Trust, faith, belief without the evidence of it, which is faith. That is the definition of faith, Hebrews 11.1. 1. Then the storm ceased. And you know what? That might be a long then. That may be a lifelong then. That may be a five-year then, a 10-year then, a one-day then. Whenever the then is, at the core, we trust and believe that God is just, that he is loving, and that he's good, and that he truly sees us. Just as he saw the disciples in the middle of the situations, wherever that meets us, wherever we are. I, I love that about God, that he literally meets us wherever we are. He met them right there in the middle of the sea and provided for all of their needs. And that provision may or may not be what you're asking, but it's definitely what you need, friend. So I pray this really encourages you and that um, this week as you're spending time praying and opening your hearts up to the Lord, that this enlightenment, that this gift of Jesus truly does bring so much light into your life. And remember, I am constantly praying for all those who do listen, um, whether it's one or more, I pray for you, friend. And I'm just cheering you on and praying that your secret life with God just continue to get deeper and deeper and that you remain anchored.